Well, Nancy Pelosi certainly put her foot in it this time. And this time, the media is not siding with her, and they're not giving her a pass. Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury. Welcome to another National Preview Online podcast. Please follow us on National Preview Online on Facebook. You can visit our website, nationalpreviewonline.com. We haven't posted things there as much as we usually do recently because we've been getting this new podcast up and running. It's only been up about a month. But please, 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 by all means, tell your friends about us. Search us out in the iTunes App Store and follow us. It doesn't cost you anything to subscribe, and you'll always be notified as soon as we upload a new episode. Uh, My recommendation is you just simply use your native podcast app that comes with your iPhone or your iPad. And if you don't have either of that, uh, you can you can uh, find us on podbean.com, which is our, our hosting service. We shall also be soon, uh, soon will be on Spotify and Stitcher if we're not already. So by now, I'm sure most of you are well aware of this episode with Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi decided that she needed a blowout for her hair. Now, from what I understand, beauty salons in California are not yet allowed to open they are not yet allowed to have people indoors. Everything has to be done out of doors. Well, Nancy didn't want this. So she pressured and leaned upon the salon owner to allow her to have her hair done inside. It turns out somebody had a video camera at the ready. Now Nancy is crying foul, saying that it was the video, the video was a setup and that it was the salon owner who set her up the salon owner didn't come to her and invite her to get a hair uh, a blowout. She approached the salon owner and prevailed upon him to give her a blowout. So I don't quite know how he set her up. But to show you what a swine she is, after criticizing the president for um, not wearing a mask, after criticizing the president for having a live event at the White House when he accepted the Republican nomination on the closing night of the RNC convention uh, as a COVID breeding ground. She's parading around town, getting her hair blown out and not wearing a mask. So let me ask you this. Even if you're someone who is willing to give Nancy the benefit of the doubt as it regards the actual origin of the incident and whether it was, uh, in fact, an attempt to set her up, an attempt to um, make her look like the fool that she is, to put it bluntly. No one told her not to wear a mask, isn't that right? I mean, did anyone tell her not to wear a mask? She chose not to wear a mask. But she's running around telling everyone else to wear a mask. And let's face it, she's no spring chicken. At 80 years of age, isn't she in the at-risk category? Or maybe she doesn't feel so because she is a member of Congress and they get health care that you and I could never have. Health care that you and I could never have that they will never have foisted upon them because they want us to have a certain type of health care, which is very good for you, they say. It's not good for them, but it's very good for you. So now Nancy is getting flayed alive by no less than the New York Times, who now realizes the hypocrisy of her position. But, you know, I'm looking at this Nancy Pelosi thing, and 
This doesn't surprise me, and it shouldn't surprise any of you that Nancy Pelosi, like most of these Democrats, are hypocrites. But it's just one illustration of a systemic problem in the Democratic Party. Now we have the not-too-bright governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Now, let me tell you, folks, I like to do a national show. I do cover national issues on this show. You know that. But when you have such a great laboratory, like the city of New York and the state of New York, to allow you to examine the nonsense that these Democrats foist upon you, it's just so illustrative of what you can expect in this country as a whole if they are allowed to wrest power and if if Joe Biden is allowed to wrest power. And believe me, they're not giving up hope on that. Even though we know the polls have turned sharply against Biden, the internal polls that they're running in their own campaign show that they are in deep trouble. The betting markets, where the rubber meets the road, has been reported on by many other talk show hosts, including Rush Limbaugh, among others, have all turned against Biden. Trump is the overwhelming favorite, and there's a reason for it. Because all of this uh, anarchy which is going on is being associated with the Democratic Party, and people are viewing the Democrats as being approving of this. We see this in the Democratic cities of Portland. We see it in Minneapolis. We see it in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, people aren't doing anything. You want to get a weaker response than you got from the mayor of Kenosha, uh, not Kenosha, the mayor of Portland, when the community that he was living in, the rioters came to it, he decided that he has to move. He has to move? He's the mayor of the city. Here's a little trick for you, mayor. If I had violence in my neighborhood and nobody would help me, I guess I would have to move. But if I were the mayor and had the police department at my command... I'd use that to clean up the area and get rid of these rioters, and I wouldn't have to move. I'd make the rioters move. That's the way it's supposed to work in a normal society, and voters are beginning to see this. And this is the reason for this sharp turn in the polls. But here in New York, getting back to the Big Apple, they just don't want to let this go. The Democrats are out there preaching to you how you have to wear a mask, but it has been pointed out again by so many of the talk show hosts, so many of them don't seem to be concerned about it. Here's 80-year-old drunken Nancy, the slurrer of the house. She's not wearing her mask when she goes to get her hair done. I never see her wear a mask anywhere. We've got Governor I'm a schmuck Andrew Cuomo uh, traveling all over the country, going to the Carolinas uh, last month, making speeches, hugging the mayor, no mask, no quarantine when he comes back. He's on TV speaking, no mask, no quarantine, says whatever he wants. So like other people have said, if this thing is something we're to be so afraid of, they don't seem to be too afraid of it. They don't seem to be too concerned of it about it. So maybe it's all a farce. Maybe they know things that they're not telling the rest of us, because if we knew what they knew, perhaps they wouldn't be able to use this COVID-19 virus and all the attendant precautions that have been foisted upon us as the weapon that it has become to control this population. Now, Cuomo uh, just can't be, keep from being an idiot. It's pretty much obvious now to most people who are smart that Cuomo, not Donald Trump, is responsible for the deaths of New Yorkers in our nursing homes. 
We know this now. The cat is out of the bag. Here's the bottom line for anyone who hasn't heard me say this before. Federal aid has been very large in this COVID-19 uh, pandemic, which I claim to a large degree has been a manufactured pandemic, and I'm going to give you more data to substantiate that. Every state is getting approximately $14,000 and change in federal aid for every COVID-19 death they register in their state. It has also been reported that they're receiving something on the order of $38,000 for every COVID-19 intubation. Now, let's put the intubations aside for a second and just deal with deaths. There's been a lot of deaths. I mean, not Black Plague pandemic-type deaths, but there's been 185,000, supposedly, COVID-19 deaths in this country. So there's been a financial incentive for people to be very, very, shall we say, flexible in how they're categorizing these deaths. Somebody goes in to the hospital, they've already got pre-existing conditions such as cancer or they have COPD, something else that compromises their respiratory system, they're overweight, they're elderly, and then they contract the COVID-19 virus and they die and everybody's rushing to put on their death certificates, they died from COVID-19, when more appropriately, they died with COVID-19, not from COVID-19. Now, how do we know this? Well, we know this now because the CDC is starting to come clean. Of these 185,000 deaths that have taken place in the United States from COVID-19, we now know that only 9,000 of those individuals were what we could call perfectly healthy with no known underlying medical issues or comorbidities. So the other 176,000 who died were all compromised with something else. This doesn't point or speak to a virus that is like super deadly to the healthy among us, which now raises the question of the validity of this approach that's being advocated by a lot of these Democratic governors and mayors. The president was all for the lockdown in the initial stages because he was being advised that by the medical community. And not too long after he did it, he realized that he probably regretted doing it. And he's been doing everything he can to get the country back open because he, as data comes in, he realizes there was a better course of action. But these blue state governors and, and mayors, they cling to this because they're trying to keep the country shut down as a way of breaking the economy in the hopes that somehow this is going to destroy Trump. All it's really doing is destroying the lives of their constituents and, by, de by, by extension, going to destroy their political careers. If only 9,000 people were truly killed by the COVID-19 virus because they were the only ones that were in uncompromised states of health when they contracted it. Then what I've been saying all along, and a lot of other medical professionals have been saying all along, is now being proven to have been the correct course we should have taken. Instead of quarantining everyone, instead of quarantining the healthy, who in light of this data clearly were not the ones at risk, we should have been telling everyone with comorbidities, everyone that was at risk, to stay home, and stay isolated. Those are the ones that needed to be isolated. The rest of us, I mean, 9,000 deaths out of a country of 330 million people is 
And look, it'll never be insignificant to the families of those people. But in terms of formulating public policy and statistical significance, it is insignificant. Now, if we had let the healthy go out, get the virus, because we know that 97% of all people that get it, including the sick, show no symptoms, even a greater percentage of people who are not already sick who get it are asymptomatic, we would be over this virus already. Everyone that could have gotten it safely would have gotten it, been done with it, and now we could go back to life as normal. I have avoided, <coughs> to the extent that I can, excuse me, take a sip of water, going to visit my mother, which I've said many times, because my mother is, is 85 years old, and she's, you know, she's reasonably healthy for a woman that's 85 years old, but she's not without medical issues that would compromise her. She has a, a somewhat compromised respiratory system. She's a smoker, former smoker. Um, and she's had some uh, obesity issues, a lot of surgeries. Uh, these all could compromise her. So how long am I not supposed to see my mother? Am I never supposed to see my mother again until these people finally decide COVID-19 is gone? If we'd all gone out and gotten it, then we could go see our elderly relatives safely, and they could go back out safely and enjoy some life. But we're not there because these Blue state governors are clinging to this narrative that this COVID-19 is the worst pandemic we've ever seen with an almost fetish-like devotion. And so now it's devolved into name-calling. You got Cuomo here saying that Trump's safety is at risk if he comes to New York City, that he can't come here. He can't possibly come here. If he comes here, uh, he's in danger. Now I'm going to see if I can, I'm going to see if I can play this little clip. Let me see if my my dialogue mic can pick this up. I want you to hear this this statement. Okay, if you haven't heard it already, it's worth listening to. It's not a long clip. It's only 30 seconds. It's from two separate, I believe, uh, speeches or interviews that he gave. And listen to these remarks. This is from a governor of one of the most populated states in this country. He can't come back to New York. He can't. He's going to walk down the street in New York. Forget bodyguards. He better have an army if he thinks he's going to walk down the street in New York. From the point of view of New York City, this has been the worst president in history. Look, the best thing he did for New York City was leave. Good riddance. Let him go to Florida. Be careful not to get COVID. All right, that's from the governor of the state of New York. You piece of garbage, Andrew Cuomo. I'm Italian, and I'll say this. You've got to be the dumbest low-life guinea I've ever run across my life. Maybe the only guy who's dumber than you and more of a low-life is your steroided-out brother, piece of garbage that he is on the Communist News Network that nobody watches, except in Miami Airport, we have to pay, they have to pay $150,000 a year to make it the only channel um, on the news in Miami Airport. President Trump has been the worst president for the city of New York. You were the one crying like a little bitch for everything, crying for help, crying for this, crying for that, because you spent the state into oblivion and, and you had no stockpiles of anything in preparation for something like this that could affect us all. Trump bent over backwards. 
He sent you ventilators. You didn't even know you had them. They were sitting in a warehouse in Jersey. And that's another question. Why New York State is warehousing equipment in New Jersey. That's a pretty good one. He built you a hospital in the Javits Center with over 3,000 beds. You never utilized it. He sent you the hospital ship with another 1,000 beds, which was supposed to be for all patients. You begged him to convert it to COVID. You never utilized it. And now we know why. Because $14,000 are paid to you and every other state for every COVID-19 death you can record in this state in a state facility. But those facilities were federal facilities. The hospital in the Javits Center was a federal facility. It was put up by the U.S. Army. Ditto for the hospital ship, put up by the U.S. Navy. Anybody who dies there, the $14,000 didn't go to you, did it? Because it didn't consume state resources. So in an effort to maximize dollars, you try to do everything you could to utilize every bed you could find in the state of New York that was within the purview of the state of New York. And to that end, you mandated every nursing home, not Donald Trump, you mandated every nursing home to accept COVID-19 patients as long as they had an available bed. So you introduced into the most at-risk population we could have, elderly people trying to enjoy their golden years in a nursing home, whatever was left of it, whatever semblance of quality of life they could have, and you ripped it from them by sticking this contagion in among their midst, infecting them, and causing something on the order of what? 6,000 nursing home deaths in this state? or more, people that needn't have died. And then you had the unmitigated goal to blame Trump and blame the healthcare workers for introducing the virus. You wouldn't blame the people who had the virus that you sent there, but you're blaming the healthcare workers for bringing in the virus. You brought the virus in, and your piece of garbage brother yeses you to death every time you're on that garbage network. I'm telling you right now, we here in the state of New York need to have a recall election for this dumb guinea in Albany and get him out of here. We need to, to have a federal investigation into what went on here. This guy thinks that Trump is so responsible. Why is it that he refuses to have an investigation done by the state of New York into the nursing home deaths? Why is that, Governor? If you're so confident that Trump is to blame, and that the facts will bear you out. Why don't you want it investigated? And you know the answer to that question. It's a rhetorical one. Because you know any investigation is going to reveal that you are responsible. And you've got some crock. You've got some pair. You're the type of person who sits in judgment, sits in judgment of police officers, sits in judgment of others. And these are people who are largely making decisions in the heat of battle, in the heat of the moment, where emotions are running high and there's not much time for forethought or contemplation, you sit back in your big office, as I've said before, you had all the time in the world to contemplate these decisions, and there's no rational way that you or any other governor could have come to the conclusion that it was better to send COVID-19 infected patients into a nursing home environment which houses at-risk populations rather than send them to the 3,000-bed Javits Center, where the only other patients were also COVID-19 patients. So introduction of other patients could have done no damage to those COVID-19 patients. 
No rational person could have come to the decision you came to. You are a murderer, and you're a multiple murderer, multiple counts of homicide, thousands, the blood of thousands is on your hands and your hands alone, not Donald Trump. And you've got the gall to tell the president that he can't come to New York City, that he better have an army. Well, I got news for you, Governor. The president does have an army. He's got a big army. He's got the United States Army. He can go wherever the hell he wants. You may be the governor of the state of New York, hopefully not for long, but he's the president of the United States, and he can visit any state he chooses. And instead of you saying that he can't come here, that he can't walk on the street of New York, well, maybe he can't in your mind because you and that other idiot, the Dumbo, de Blasio, have let the city of New York slip slip back into its sewer-like origins prior to when the Giuliani administration cleaned it up. Shootings are up. People are defecating in the street. It's a slum. People rob without fear. People pillage without fear. Why bother? They demonstrate with impunity, but there's no concern for social, for social distancing or anything else. But yet... You're out there again complaining about enforcement. What are we going to do about social justice? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We can't enforce the restaurants, the restaurants, the restaurants. I wish I could find that clip about the, um, the restaurants. Maybe we can find that while we're doing the show. I mean, that's another joke. People are sitting across the line in Nassau County um, and they're dining there with no problem. People from New York City are going across the border to Nassau. People are coming up from Manhattan and the Bronx to Westchester, and they're, they're dining and they're living like normal people. People just across the border can't, can't have any diners inside their restaurant. They all have to sit on the sidewalk. How do you possibly expect these restaurant owners to survive? Now he's trying to get them open again, but he's saying he's got concerns about enforce, enforcement. Let's see if I can find this here. I thought I saw it before. I could have sworn I've had it. Let's see what we got. I thought I had a, a, a tape. Let's see. Oh, that's him begging for the rich to come. No. Nope. I can't find it here. Oh, let's see what this is. No, that's June 29th. That's an old one. Anyway. There's a tape of him talking about he's worried about the enforcement. So he says, unless the city of New York is going to represent that their police department could enforce the social distancing, he's not going to allow it. But you don't care about social distancing anyplace else. You don't care about people packing in the restaurants in Westchester. You don't care about people walking down 20 deep across Lexington Avenue uh, protesting for this or for that. No mask, with a mask, without a mask. You don't worry about any of those social distancing violations, but you only worry about, about restaurants in New York City. Listen, you got people like Jerry Seinfeld complaining uh, when this one writer said that New York City is not going to recover from this and not going to come back. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Seinfeld, if that upset you and you wanted to uh, unleash your venom on that, on that uh, writer and that commentator.
But the reality is, this is very different than anything else that has befallen the city of New York before. It's even, on orders of magnitude, a situation which has far greater uh, implications than 9-11 did. 9-11 was a devastating attack, but people knew we would come back. We knew it was an attack, but we would do everything we could to safeguard against another attack, and there was nothing we were worried about in terms of a contagion. Secondly, even if there was a degree of trepidation on the part of businesses to resume operations in New York City and keep their commercial real estate space to house their companies, um, they were still willing to do it because remote work was not as advanced as it is today. You didn't have things like Zoom and a lot of these other platforms, Skype, FaceTime. The iPhone didn't even exist then. Now, the technological advances that have happened since 9-11, these last 19 years, have allowed remote work, remote learning, and things of that nature to work very well. They're working so well that these companies, like I've said before, are never coming back to Manhattan. Right around the corner from where I live is a very lovely deli that used to do a very good business. They didn't have any indoor dining, but they did a great takeout business. People would go in there in the morning, myself included, get coffee, get a breakfast sandwich, and for those who work in the city, may also get their lunch and bring it up to the office and eat it at their desk. And that was a bulk of their business. In the evening, there wasn't as many people coming by there to pick up dinner. There was some. But the bulk of their business were the workers coming in, having breakfast, and having lunch. Those workers aren't coming in. They're not coming in because they're working remotely. And there's absolutely no reason for them to come back. If there's no loss in efficiency, if they're getting just as much out of their workers as they were before, and the only difference is that before they were paying 150, 200, 250,000 a month in commercial real estate rent, and now they're paying nothing. Why the hell would they ever come back to the city of New York? This is millions of dollars that goes back to the bottom line of the company. There's no reason to come back here. Broadway is an opening. You've killed the city. You say that Ford told the city to drop dead. You say that Trump is telling the city to drop dead? You've killed it. No one has to say drop dead to something that's already dead. New York City is dead, Governor. It's dead due to you. It's dead due to the dumb idiot in Gracie Mansion. Just nobody's told you you're dead yet. But it's dead. And it's your fault. Nobody else's. For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury.